Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Pie Factory Podcast. <clears throat> Are you okay over there? Yeah, I'm fine. Huh. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Jimmy G, uh, Pie Factory Podcast from the Logistics Center here south of the Illinois River on a very chilly, blustery one of the final days of January, actually. Yeah. So, really? yeah, like I said, this is Jimmy G. And uh, this is um, Sean, also of Pie Factory Podcast. I'm reporting from the uh, northern division of, of the uh, Pie Factory Podcast headquarters, also chilly and blustery, very far north of the Illinois River, and uh, just a few miles north and east of the uh, Chicago River. Not northeast, but north and east. Uh, of the north branch of the Chicago River. Because there are two. North of the regular bridge. Yeah, it splits off into like three kind of sort. It looks kind of like a flux capacitor. In a way. Yeah. I remember there was the movie uh, iRobot with uh, with Will Smith. It took place in Chicago in the future. And it was uh, interesting because they show the, uh, there's like one aerial shot where they show where the Chicago River separates into the north and south branches. And it's like yeah. paved over with like this gigantic bridge. So it's like this huge slab of concrete over those. It was really interesting. And uh, Chicago had some interesting tunnels in that movie too. So that was, huh. I kind of liked that movie. Not a lot of people did, but I liked it for what it was. Well, I'm looking forward to these tunnels being built. Oh, so. yes, yes. I saw something interesting the other day about uh, the three levels of Wacker Drive on YouTube. And uh, it was quite interesting. Three? Yes, three. There's actually a third level near the uh, mouth of the Chicago River, which... Uh, in the past has been used for uh, drag racing and uh, is now a, a um, not detention yard, a uh, impound oh, lot okay. for the Chicago PD. Yeah, and it was either a subway or a Quiznos. So yeah, maybe that's what it is now. So <laughs> so uh, that was a quite interesting. Chicago's got some interesting geography, despite not having any mountains. You know what really drives me crazy about Lower Wacker Drive? If I'm driving somewhere mm-hmm. that involves Lower Wacker Drive and I'm using some kind of GPS program like Waze or Google Maps mm-hmm. or something, because GPS doesn't know how high up you are, it thinks that suddenly you, <laughs> like if, if there's a road that goes right above you, it thinks you're on that road all of a oh, sudden. Oh, jeez. Turn left at Monroe. How can I turn left <laughs> at Monroe? I'm underground. I heard, what are you talking about? I heard somewhere that they're putting like GPS units or, or like, something like that under uh, on lower Wacker drive to help alleviate those kind of problems or something. Oh, that'd be really cool. Cause yeah, that happens every time I go to a uh, uh, vintage computer fest. Mm-hmm. Cause I got to take uh, lower Wacker drive to get to two ninety and all that. I can't wait to, for, for this year's vintage computer fest. I always have a good time at that. Now, since it falls on my birthday, usually it's uh, quite the good time. So that's really the only reason I go is to help uh, do birthday stuff with you. Oh, because I don't know, I just don't really get much from it, especially because there's a paucity of Amiga there. And man, I'll tell you, the best part of Vintage Computer Fest for me this past year in 2022 mm-hmm. was I stopped at a record store between that and uh, the time we all got together at Lou Malnati's mm-hmm. and I got a mono copy of Pink Floyd's The Piper at the Gates of Dawn. And it oh. sounds really good. I never understood the purpose of it because... It's so psychedelic and effecty and everything with panning all over it mm. that why would you listen to it in mono? But the mono mix is actually pretty good. Oh, you're the music geek here, not me. So I like a few bands, but I don't go looking for like every little different little variation of a record. And Well, I'm not that way with Pink Floyd usually because 
I'm the you know, I'm one of the few people who recognize that they had one good album and it was their first album. I keep saying I like Dark Side of the Moon. I think The Wall is overrated, but Dark Side of the Moon is pretty good. Dark Side of the Moon is the second most overrated album ever. I disagree. What is the second most overrated album ever? Though? I couldn't tell you. No. No, I would probably. Obviously, would, you couldn't, or else you'd say Dark Side of the Moon. I'd probably say that the most overrated album of all time might be a Beatles one, but I don't have any. Oh, that's so. That is so cliche to say something like that. I know, and you're not just saying that because you're a Beatles fan. Everybody says Beatles overrated. Shut up. I will. I will say this. I do think probably some of the most overrated albums of all time are probably prog rock. I think I've said this before. Everybody would. There's like this been thing like. If you like Yes, you know, you need to hear, uh, what was the album, Fragile. And I have it, well, I have it on, you know, MP3, and I've been listening to it, and I'm like, there's a couple of good songs on there, but what's the big deal? So, I don't know. Hmm. I did do some video game relating stuff. Yeah, Relating stuff? I I did do some video game related. Oh? <laughs> I can't talk to Dude, okay, I, this is not going to work. I can mm. You people listening to us, even going back to 2015 when we started, know damn well that I do not know what I'm doing. I even more do not know what I'm doing now because we haven't done a freaking episode in approaching two months. Yeah. Actually, more than two months. And I don't know what I'm doing now. So I can't even talk anymore properly if uh, it's questionable whether ever I could. So let me start over again with that thought. I also did some video game related things in the past couple of months since we've talked to our friends listening. The hell you say? The hell. Indeed, I do say. Please expound on that. I actually made some time to play some Atari things at home. I got a couple of uh, new homebrews for the 7800. Mm-hmm. I got Dragon's Descent. I think I might have already talked about that, but I got uh, Dragon's Descent. Uh, I also got a game called Animal Keeper, which is a zookeeper kind of sort of clone. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting. It plays a little bit differently. It has uh, a level or two that's... I don't think it has the... Uh, I haven't had a hell of a lot of chance to play a lot of it. I don't think it has the earn a bonus Zeke screen where you have to jump over the electric fences and things. Now, is this the uh, the twenty six hundred from port from Champ Games? No, that one is just called Zookeeper. Oh, okay. So what's this one? Animal Keeper is a seventy eight hundred conversion. Okay, it's definitely a Zookeeper clone, but it has a few changes to it, so it's a little bit different. Uh, There might be a podcast somewhere else that might be talking about that in the next several months. So, uh, what else? I I also have been playing a lot of uh, the Champ Games Zookeeper, mainly because I was at Underground Retrocade a couple of times since Mm -hmm. the last time we uh, recorded, and um, I found myself playing Zookeeper a lot, and I remember playing it, and... I got something like 200,000 points. I'm like, damn, that's pretty good. I better <laughs> uh, see if I can have this registered. And I looked at my orcade.com high score. Oh, I've gotten higher before. <laughs> and I said, screw it. I'm I'm done with this for screw today. Screw it, Sean. Spinning the hits. Oh, man. Where were you in 1996? <laughs> oh, man. Wow. And as is my tradition around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. I well actually I don't think I did this till after Christmas actually occurred. I like to play the John Payson 
homebrew on the 2600 called Toy Shop Trouble, Mm -hmm. which you may remember in 2007, he actually demoed it for us at my home. I do remember that. Yeah. And it it took me until about three or four years to return the bear cartridge to him. Oops. (laughs) Because I saw him. No, the thing is, like, I'd been in touch with him. I said, dude, I still have this bear cartridge board you left here at my apartment. How can I get that back to you? And he just kind of, uh, he just kind of hemmed and hawed over it. So I brought it to Midwest Gaming Classic in case I bumped into him. I bumped into him. I gave it back to him there. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) I think in uh, 2019, I think. But, uh, and the thing is, my goal is every year around Christmas time, play Toy Shop Trouble and win. Basically, every level, you start on December 1st and Mm -hmm. every level advances to the next day and you have more toys to paint and all this and it gets harder. Uh, Those of you who are not familiar with Toy Shop Trouble, long story short, think of the overdone, overplayed, overshown on TV specials scene from I Love Lucy, where Lucy and Ethel are working in a candy factory. It's kind of like that. Okay. It's very challenging, very addicting. And um, when you get to December 24th, if you successfully clear December 24th, you get a big congratulatory screen and credits and everything. Oh, neat. And um, it always makes it's like, yay, I won. I realized this year it goes beyond that. I didn't know that. At least I don't think I knew that. Hmm. I accidentally hit the fire button and suddenly it was January 1st. Hmm. And I thought, okay, this is pretty cool. You can go on and play further if you want. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but you also get Chris. Actually, you know, it starts January 2nd. So you get Christmas Day through New Year's Day off before you have to start working in the toy shop again. Hmm. And I think I've gotten as far as January 14th. Oh, wow. And yeah, so I've been really getting hooked on that. So yeah, I think that's all I had to say about what I've been playing, at least at home. Also, I've been, uh, every so often I get this idea that I want to get an Amiga again, because I get really Amiga sick. I miss my Amiga. So I thought, man, I would really love to have an Amiga 600 again. I just remember when I upgraded to an Amiga 4000 in 1998, I practically had to pay people to take the 600 off my hands. Now you can't get one for anything under 400 bucks. And I figured, okay, here's going to be my my hierarchy. I don't know if it's hierarchy or priority, I guess. Amiga 600, Amiga 1200, Amiga 500. So I scoured eBay and Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace and other things for Amiga stuff. And I decided, hmm, let me see if I can get a emulator up and running. And I did. And that kind of quelled my desire to spend a lot of money on an actual Amiga. And I thought, Mm -hmm. I also have this Mr. Device that I hardly touch, tragically. So that's going to be one of my goals for the year. Actually get the Mr. up and running pretty semi-regularly at least mr 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 <sighs> well so that's uh that's been my life in kind of video game stuff made a couple of arcade trips of course mm-hmm. played one of the games that we're going to be talking about oh. today okay and actually I made two arcade trips the second time i went i forgot to play said game but the first time i did not forget to play said game so eh, what are you gonna do how about you there, uh, Jimmy the G? 
Did I talk about uh, the Atari 50 collection last episode? Oh, yeah. I don't remember. I'm still, I still haven't gotten it yet. I mean, I I don't know what to do about that. I mean, because I think what might have pushed me over the edge into thinking maybe I absolutely should get it is uh, listening to uh, one of the more recent episodes of Atari Bytes when Bill said, if you have a device that'll play it, get it. Yeah. I have a device that'll play it. I have the old PC that I had for my previous job. They just released a uh, an update for it, uh, which corrected a couple of bugs huh. and uh, added uh, access to the dip switch settings on the arcade machines. That was one of the weaknesses with the original package is it did not have dip switch settings. So now mm. you can customize the game you want to play, how you nice. want to play it. Now. But anybody working for the people who made Atari 50 possible, here's a word for you. There are people who have Mac computers and who would like to use them. And th- those people might have money every once in a while that you can have. Just saying. Well, you know how I feel about Apple, so we're not going to go there. So people might be wondering what I've been doing. I haven't been playing very many games. I've just, my job is like sucking all the life out of me. The At least the hours are. But um, I think I've mentioned that I got the Star Wars arcade trackball edition, and I've played that a little bit. I've been thinking about getting my 8-bit hooked back up and playing that for a while, but I haven't done that yet. Uh, I do have uh, something coming from Victor Marland, a, uh, Ooh, one of tell. his hand-built joysticks for the uh, Sega Master System. Ooh. So I'm just waiting on delivery of that. I've paid him up. and He uh, made just... me a right-handed joystick for Vectrex. Wow, another topic I don't like talking about. But um, <laughs> I've been playing this RPG on my phone called Andor's Trail. I think I may have mentioned this. Uh, it's an incomplete game. It's like the development timeline has like been, been very, very long. In fact, I played it once. I got to where the game ended at that time. And then I found out that the guy who created the game wasn't going to work on it anymore. Now some oh, people right. have picked it up. And I've gotten to the point to a point in the game where I just don't know what to do. I mean, other than grind for experience points and money, but it's like today that's no fun in a game. So I'm thinking about just giving it up again. So, yeah, I haven't been playing a whole lot lately, unfortunately. I have been dealing with this uh, computer. I got a new computer and uh, trying to get that set back up. And yeah, it comes installed with McAfee, and I've been trying to um, legally procure MAME ROMs. And uh, the McAfee virus scanner uh, keeps cutting my uh, links off, if so, or so to speak, or the program that I'm using to get them, so to speak. So that's been a pain in the butt. I finally got one of the games working tonight. And, uh, well, I actually got them both working today now that I think about it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's just not been a, much of a go. I'm, I really need a frickin', uh, frickin' vacation. So fortunately, my uh, boss, boss's boss is trying to get us uh, 10 floating holidays in addition to oh, our PTO. Wow. Nice. So uh, we'll see how that pans out because I could use a mental health day. Yeah. Yeah. This thing about my former company, they were very big on mental health and just at random times in the year, they'd suddenly throw in a new holiday. It's we're going to call this one. I'm on mute day. And yeah. I'm like, Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. I would love to have that. Well, I mean, I, I can't have that, but I think it was starting Monday. I'm on a, on call until the next Sunday. I, I hate yeah. that. So anyway, so that's kind of where I have been in the gaming 
thing. I've been wanting to clean my room up and get a different setup for my systems so that I can uh, have them up and connected all at the same time. Like uh, right now I've got my XE computer and television, my 7800 and my Genesis all sitting here. But it's like my room's a disaster and the, the tower wire tower rack that I got the couple of the systems sitting on, it just doesn't really work that well uh, for my purposes. And hey, yeah. you've seen what a disaster pie factory headquarters North is. Yeah. But yours doesn't have fast food cups everywhere. No, no, it doesn't. Uh, well, well, probably not to the quantities that uh, well, no. the logistics center. Has Actually, there. it doesn't have fast food cups everywhere. So, oh yeah. And I just did uh, purchase a, uh, a hard drive uh, adapter, so a uh, USB hard drive adapter that was in today, or I got it today, and I was going to take the old hard drive out of my previous computer and uh, hook it up and, <clears throat> oh gosh, burp along with Jim today and uh, load the ROMs off of that. But, but by the time I received it, uh, it was just about time to record, so couldn't do anything with that. So, hmm. So there we go. Anyway, so that's the state of my uh, existence. I haven't really gotten to the arcade at all either. I don't believe. Hmm. I've been. I've really need to go, but I. It's just. I'm just so damn tired these days. It's like I said. It's my hours. It's the. Uh, oh yeah. It's the four o'clock to one in the morning, and the other night I was at work till two a.m. Oh jeez. I didn't get to sleep until four, and you know, you know how fun that can be. So. Yeah. I'm not 18 years old anymore. <sighs> I'm almost triple that. Ooh. Now I got to figure out that. No. Hold on. Uh, calculator. 18 times three equals. Oh, I'm exactly three times that. So, oh. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. 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 No, I, no, I was just looking through uh, Orcade.com and the list of uh, games at Underground Retrocade. I didn't realize they have so freaking many, actually. The Underground Retrocade? Yeah, they're up to 202 now. Oh, really? And, yeah, I thought, I, thought, I thought it was 125. Oh, well, anyway, sorry. They got a nice facility. Stuff. It's like, yeah. it's nice and spacious. You're not feel like you're crammed in and, excuse me, just had a drink of some root beer there. Oh, man, I want some root beer now. Oh, man, my, might have mentioned this. I don't. Actually, it might have been somewhere else I mentioned this, but my wife ordered a couple of jars of root beer mustard, and oh, it's root, so good. Root it's beer so good. mustard? Yep. Really? Sprecher's root beer mustard. Who? Sprecher's. Beer, root beer mustard. Yeah. They also do beer mustard, too, I think. Huh. I will have to check that out. I tried root beer mustard with a soft pretzel at uh, the mm. Christ Kindle Market they have by Wrigley Field every uh-huh. Christmas time, and it is so good, and... Uh, my wife said, well, why don't you see if uh, you can get some? And uh, it's actually orderable from uh, Sprecher's website. Huh. Maybe for people interested, I'll uh, put a link to that in the uh, show notes at uh, piefactorypodcast.com. Oh, speaking oh. of which, I don't remember if I did this before the previous episode, but as the uh, self-proclaimed webmaster of piefactorypodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a problem with the website. There was one for a long time in which different parts of the website would number the episodes in a different way for some reason. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking that's an easy enough fix to make. But why should I bother with that when I'm working on a new website and have been for a really long time? It'll just be part of the new website. 
mm-hmm. I decided, screw it. I'm not going to wait for the new website. I fixed it. So now the numbering of the episodes is accurate. Yay. So I feel so much better. Now I just got to figure out how to put up a link for people to find our Discord chat Mm -hmm. because the invite codes change every month. And I think it was Ferg who told me of a way that you can do it. You can have like kind of a permanent invite link. I'm going to have to uh, go back and uh, see what he said and uh, see if we can add that to buyfactorypodcast.com for the sake of everybody's easement. Mm -hmm. So that's Buy Factory News. So do we have any uh, addenda and errata? I don't believe so. Funny that you should mention it. Oh? That if we have addenda and errata, because you know, we have one erratum to oh. uh, fix up here. Oh, In wait, wait, episode- whoa, 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 play the theme. <laughs> okay, go. Do they still make those uh, goofy videos? Um, sure. Huh. Uh, anyway, uh, um, in episode 134, I talked about how disgusting St. Louis-style pizza appears mm-hmm. to be. I mentioned a certain kind of cheese they use. It's a prepackaged thing. It's kind of a Velveeta-like kind of thing, almost. Uh-huh. I said it was Parvel. It's actually Provel. 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 My mistake. I apologize. Well. I don't know where I got Parvel from, but Pro- it's Provel. Which I should have realized because it kind of sounds like provolone, which I don't think is one of the cheeses that it tries to simulate. But what do I know? I'm not a St. Louisian. I'm a Pifactorian. So anything else we should uh, possibly discuss? Nothing that I can think of. Okay, so how about we talk about a couple of um, arcade video games? Yes, why don't we? Uh, Which one do we want to talk about first? I think Vindicators. Ah, yes. Get my game out of the way. <clears throat> so, Vindicators. Yay, it's a two-player simultaneous game from Atari in 1988. We haven't done a, uh, a poetic reading in a while. Uh, so, I was actually wondering about that. So, uh, I got a little uh, thing here from the actual operator's manual. If, I'm, if I might, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's set the scene. Okay, you might. Okay. All right. <clears throat> this is called... Play mode. Vindicators takes place in the year 2525 outside Galaxy TR-15. The mission is to intercept and destroy the invading forces from the evil Tangent Empire. The goal is to proceed through multi-level stations, securing each by demolishing its control center. The weapon is the SR-88 strategic battle tank. As team commanders of these SR-88 strategic battle tanks, the players must face the invading forces from the Tangent Empire. The invaders have 14 space stations equipped with turrets and highly mobile armored tanks that constantly patrol the Tangent's fortifications. That was more like a movie intro for an Ed Wood film, I think. I think it sounded more like that. So... I don't know. You didn't quite have the same cadence as Criswell. Um, true, true, true. Oh, I was, I was speaking of which I was just watching a video on YouTube today about like the top 10, uh, it was actually from Cinemasker top 10 pre title sequences in movies. And, uh, 
Jeffrey Jones as Criswell in uh, the movie Ed Wood uh, was one yeah. of the ten. <laughs> I forgot about that scene, and that is a great scene in that movie. Yeah. Uh, in a movie full of great scenes, I might add. Oh, yeah. That's my all-time favorite Tim Burton film. But anyway. <clears throat> Mine too, but I think I've only seen two Tim Burton films in my life. So Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Batman, oh, Batman three. Returns, Ed Wood, Sleepy Hollow, uh, Willy Wonka, or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And I think and, I've uh, seen Was Edward Scissorhands? Uh, Edward Scissorhands was one. I haven't seen that Never all the way it. through. Never saw it. So anyway. <clears throat> so you got... With this game, it's uh, as uh, the introduction kind of alluded to, it's uh, two players at the same time, two players simultaneous. And actually, I've already said that. So I'm mentioning it. That's the third time it's been mentioned. You can play it one player, too. You could play it one player as well. Each player has two sets of two joysticks. They kind of look more like handles than they do joysticks, but they only go up and down. They all have triggers and then buttons on the top. The left player controls are uh, blue, and you control the blue tank. The ones on the right are red, when that player controls the red tank. Now, the triggers fire your guns, and the buttons on the top of the handles rotate the turret of your tank. Uh, The left one counterclockwise and the right one clockwise, I believe. It's been a while since I've played this in the arcade, uh, but uh, I have played it, by the way. We'll get to that later. Now, the object, as mentioned, is to find the key to exit a level. After a few levels, you have to find the control room, blast the doors out, and then go in and then escape the control room while picking up as many bonuses in the control room as you can. There's a few things in these levels that you can uh, pick up. There are two items, actually. Uh, Tanks of fuel, which increases your fuel. This uh, game shares a little bit with the the game, um, not Xevious, Zybots, in the fact that uh, you pick up the tanks of fuel, which increases your energy. Then you can pick up stars, which increases your money. And then between each level, you can buy different uh, power-ups. Like you can uh, buy a tank speed power-up, a shot range power-up, which makes your shots go further, shot speed, which makes your shots go faster. You can add 10 to your force shields. Uh, You can increase your shot power. In other words, your shots can do more damage. Uh, You could buy 10 smart bombs or smart shots, and you can buy 10 bombs. So those are the power-ups that you can purchase between levels. You can also buy uh, five more fuel if you want. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Buy fuel. It takes five stars to purchase. So uh, there's that. Uh, There's several enemies in here. The main enemy you will see are tanks, and uh, they can be destroyed by any weapons that you have. Later stages, there are tanks that will shoot uh, double shots at you. So, you know, be careful. Then uh, starting, I think it's the second level, turrets come out, and they're stationary guns that rotate and just f- keep firing. There are two different kinds. There's the ones that are at the ground level, and there are ones that pop up out of the ground. Now, the ones that are at ground level, you can only destroy them by shooting the red uh, turret. Or not the red turret, but the red hole in the in the turret. And the uh, the pop-up ones can only be shot when they're they've popped up out of the ground. Uh, sometimes the turrets will have a number on them, and that indicates the number of shots that you will have to uh, shoot at it to destroy it. It's all dependent on your shot power. Like if your shot power is only like at one, then it's like one shot, two shots, three shot. However, if the turret says two and your bullet uh, power is at two, then it will only take one shot. It's more indicative of the amount of your... Um, sausages. Sausages. Of your uh, projectile powers. Then there are electric poles. They come in pairs, and they'll uh, shoot electricity across between them. Don't drive through them, basically. 
Uh, sometimes you'll find mines. Uh, the red dots, they'll explode if you drive over them. Enemy tanks can be destroyed by uh, the mines, by the way, which is uh, kind of cool. Sometimes there are UFOs that fly around. They'll shoot double shots. Uh, you'll have to use your special weapons, either smart shots or bombs, to kill them. And then uh, I guess there are mini bosses in some of the levels. There's like three of them and then a final boss. I have never reached any of them, so I couldn't yeah. tell you anything about them. So <laughs> there you go. I have information, though. Station 2, level 2, does the boss is like a larger version of UFO. Takes uh, about 20 or so bombs to kill them. The second boss is at Station 4, level 1. It's uh, basically uh, guns mounted on top of a wall that blocks your path. Bombs kill him, supposedly. Again, I haven't made it to it. Uh, The third boss is at Station 6, level 2. This is another wall with a line of guns. And uh, again, bombs. And the final boss is at Station 8, level 4. It's like a four-eyed alien. Basically shoot out the eyes, sort of like uh, kind of Murkor in Blastroids in a way, except you're not, you know, shooting. In that game, you shoot like the, the lumps on them instead of the eyes. So those are the, the bosses. Again, I've never gotten to them, so I couldn't tell you anything about them. Hmm. Uh, some trivia. Oh. There were 1,605 dedicated units produced in the United States. The selling price was 2395 and it's a favorite among game collectors because the cabinet actually has like tank treads. Uh, uh, the, the the base of it kind of looks like tank treads. I like this quote from the killer list of video games. The cabinet is shaped like a tank and weighs like one. <laughs> so that was neat. Uh. They're also in the arcade game. There were apparently three special contest levels. And if you get three contest stars and nine normal stars, you could compete in a timed level in which the player could win a T-shirt. Later, Rob Revisions removed the uh, the contest levels and the contest stars, though. Now, as far as ports go, the only console port that was released was for the NES. Uh, that was by Tengen, and that was obviously unauthorized. As far as handhelds go, there is a unreleased prototype on the Atari Lynx, which I believe, I've, I want to think Songbird got the uh, found the ROM and released it, mm. but I don't know that for a fact. Uh, and then it was on a few computers, the uh, Amstrad CPC, the C64, the ZX Spectrum, and the Atari ST. Indeed. Oh, and the Amiga. And apparently there was a, a Tiger LCD handheld game of this. Really? Yeah. And um, I didn't really look up anything about it. I probably should have. I imagine it was, hmm. probably wasn't very good. But uh, there was a sequel to Vindicators. Guess what it was titled? Vindicators Part 2. Exactly. It's a sequel, and it uh, was released released the same year, and it was a conversion kit for Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Approximately only 400 of those were made. I want to think I've played the sequel in the arcade, but I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. And, uh, yeah, that's all I've got on uh, wow. Vindicators. And, uh, yeah. So, Sean, what do you think of the game? What do I think of the game? Um to be honest, I don't have a hell of a lot of thoughts on the game because when I first played it, it was September 10th, 2016. Mm-hmm. And that was actually the last time I played the actual arcade cabinet, unfortunately. I played it Underground Retrocade. Uh, they, I don't think they have it anymore, but the Ghost has it. And uh, Last time I was at the Ghost, I did not get to Vindicators, unfortunately. 
Now, here's the thing with uh, Vindicators, playing it in MAME is so hard. That's what she said. Because you have the two-stick thing going on. That's what she said. But I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, okay, this is a gorgeous-looking game. Mm-hmm. I love the looks, I like the sound, and I really wish I could spend more time with it. Yeah, it's um, it has a bit of a Zybots feel to me in the mm. presentation, and the cabinet kind of has kind of that feel as well. By the way, how did you play it in emulation? I'm guessing you played it in emulation. How did the controls work out for you? Well, they uh, actually worked out pretty good with the dual joystick controller, mainly because mm. that only goes up and down. But uh, uh. I'm going to have something to say about that uh, <laughs> setup here in a little bit uh, for a, another game that we're going to be talking about. But, oh, um, oh, first of all, the first place I ever played this game was, uh, I want to think it was the Aladdin's Castle at the Louis Joliet Ball. Not 100% certain, but maybe 85% certain that's where it was. Hmm. And um, truth be told, I never even realized that the thumb buttons uh, rotated the turret when <laughs> all those years I played it. So yeah. Uh, yeah. so that made a little bit of a difference, although I do like some stuff in the next game we're talking about that have to do with uh, dodging and stuff a little bit better than this one. Believe it or not, I'll have a little bit more about Vindicators to say when we talk about the other game. Okay. So, uh, but one thing I, I am curious about yeah. is, uh, do you know this, like how the control scheme works on the home versions? That I don't. Um, I imagine probably with Vindicators, since it was only on the con, well, well, they had the regular joysticks on the computers. I imagine it's probably just, it, it might work like a regular joystick or it could have the combat, you know, where you left, you rotate left, right to rotate, right. But again, I don't know. And then with the whole rotation of the turrets, that's another, you know, another ball of wax. I'm, I yeah. imagine the Lynx probably used the uh, one and two buttons uh, to do that. The, the A and B buttons on the Lynx were mostly uh. your firing, but one and two were more like for options. So, yeah, I, I really don't know how that would control. I've never really, I've never played any home versions of the game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's that. <sighs> I don't know. I, I really don't know what I think about this game. Even though I did play it way back when it first came out in the arcade, I'd never really played it a lot because I just didn't see it as uh, enticing, I guess. Hmm. It was never really something that really grabbed me. I don't really hate it, but I don't really love it either. Uh, I'm not going to rate it just yet, but uh, that's kind of what I feel about this one. Hmm. What about high scores? Do we have high scores? Uh, Do we have high scores? Holy cow. Do we ever? The first one I'm going to talk about, the first high score that I see here is uh, from Twin Galaxies. The uh, person is only identified as Acceleron, E-X-C-E-L-L-I-R-O-N. Did some Googling, some quick Googling to see if this person actually has a regular first name, last name, couldn't find one. Even some other articles that mention this person say, Twin Galaxies user Acceleron says, (laughs) but Acceleron has the high score with 55,000 Zero five zero fifty five thousand and fifty, and Orcade dot com Their high score for Vindicators is listed as seventy five thousand six hundred and fifty. And uh, I'm actually going to let you say the name of the person who scored that. What was the score again? Seventy five thousand six hundred and fifty. Seventy five thousand six hundred and fifty. And you're going to let me say the name. Yeah, it was uh, that score was achieved on April 17th, 2018. Oh, who would it be? So think of people who are likely to 
play competitively in 2018. Pete Hahn? Close. He's not, actually, he doesn't have a score listed on here at all. Duke? Not Duke. I don't think he has any world records yet. James White? James White. Oh, boy. I'm surprised you didn't go to that name first. And by the way, that Twin Galaxies record from Acceleron is from uh, May 4th, 2021. So, yeah. And uh, by the way, my high score on Vindicators, just for comparison, so people like James and Acceleron can see what their competition is, Mm -hmm. my high score is 9,100. Yeah, that sounds about right for me. (laughs) I think I would have gone higher than that if I could figure out the controls, which I could not. I could figure it out in MAME. I was actually a little bit more... Somehow, yeah, somehow I was able to play it better in MAME than I was on the <laughs> real cabinet. I don't, I don't know how that's possible given the twin stick setup. Despite my lack of experience and inabilities and things, I want to rate Vindicators 4 out of 5. Really? Simply because it looks awesome. Huh. And I have a special affinity for tank control uh-huh. games where you just shoot everything. I do like the uh, how the except the, Battle Zone. I hate Battle Zone. Anyway, <laughs> I love Battle Zone. Uh, I do have to say I did kind of like the uh, the way the floor looks. How it kind of got like the computer, the the PCB traces and stuff like that on it. I thought that was kind of neat. Um, yeah, yeah. I I got to rate this game a three. It, as I said, it doesn't grab me. It just kind of seems ho hum to me in a way. I mean, it's not a bad game. It's it's competently made. Uh, I don't feel like any deaths I've made in the game were, you know, were cheaper or anything like that. Sure. But um, I think it, the whole energy bar thing and um, the store between levels was a common trope of Atari games at that particular time with Blasteroids and with uh, Zybots and this one. I want to think there was another game they did that had the same thing. I can't think of it. So it, that kind of was a little tired to me, but I don't know. I can dig that. Yeah, as I said, don't hate it, don't love it. It's like smack in the middle for me. Hmm. So, yeah, that's that's it for me for this one. That's it for you, huh? That's it for me for this one. I guess that's it for me, too. That's it for me. So why don't we move on to the next game? Well, because we have an underwriter. Oh, we do? Yeah. So let's drop that underwriter message right here. D.D. is for curious or confused get information or a pamphlet at most pharmacies or a health clinic if you need help see a doctor and we're back why yes we are because that's why now that we're back i guess we have to talk about another game because that's what we do here on pie factory podcast we talk about a couple of uh, arcade video games we discuss things that we learned about them and we are no more experts than we ever were so 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just reporting our findings, and today my assignment was Assault. Yay. Which was released by Namco in Japan in April 1988, and released in the United States by Atari Games in August of 1988. In fact, not only was it released by Atari Games, but it was also the last Namco game that was licensed to Atari Games for U.S. Manufacture and distribution. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. You know what else is interesting? What is that? The game Assault is based on characters designed by anime artist Kunio Okawara. Oh, that is interesting, actually. You're a big fan of Okawara, oh, well, I believe. Why, why, yes. And a big fan of yes, too. Yeah. Actually, I didn't even realize this was based on anything. I thought it was just a, a standard uh, style tank game. Oh, you would think so there, but uh, <laughs> listen to your shorts. Cabinet Sanchez. Mixing metaphors, good grief. <laughs> but anywho, the premise of Assault is that it is 2199. That's the year. Earth's population has reached its critical mass, which means that the residents of Earth had to find somewhere else to live because there wasn't enough room, so they searched the Milky Way and via a spaceship called Pilot One found a planet that could support human life. And the squad that was on board Pilot One, by the way, consisted of 2,000 soldiers and 1,000 scientists, technologists, that kind of thing. And uh, anywho, they decided this is a great planet. We can actually live here. Uh, the planet consisted of floating continents, but it was already inhabited by natives. So they do what anybody else would do, waged a war on the natives, won the war, and established the planet as their own. Problem, though, is the Earthlings who invaded the planet were kind of afraid that the remaining natives of this planet they just took over would rebel. And uh, boy, howdy, they were correct, but I'm jumping ahead of myself because between the time they thought that the natives would rebel and the time they actually did, they decided we got to form a good, strong military. So that they did. And sure enough, there was one lone rebel on the planet who got into a tank and started attacking all the military installments, the tanks, the uh, weaponized buildings, the cannons, and there you go. So that is the background story of Assault. You, the player, are playing the role of that one rebel dun, dun, dun. who's going around in this tank and you basically go through 11 stages of avoiding fire from the Earthlings military and the weaponized buildings. And you shoot down everything you could possibly shoot down, like enemy tanks of varying sizes, strengths, and point values. I'm not going to go over scoring in this game because it's way too much. We could have a whole separate episode on that. Ooh, Patreon exclusive idea. No, that'd be too boring. But anywho, those 11 stages that you go through are spread out among four different areas. There's the Progress Planetary Circumstances area. God, that sounds like a Yes album title, doesn't Actually, it? Actually, it does. Stage one is in that area. There's the area called Memorial Land Forever, which consists only of stage two. And the next area, Crops Grow in Riverside, contains stages three through five and stage 10 somehow. Hmm. And then stages 6 through 9 and stage 11, they're all in an area called And Reconstruct Our Ruined Home. Seems rather random. Yeah, it, it really does. It's a whole sentence plus the, the conjunction and at the beginning. Huh. Well, then again, there's a Don McLean song that Frank Sinatra did called And I Love Her So. so who knows? 
But anywho, uh, that's the whole setup of the game, really. And I like to think that Assault is kind of a combination of Battlezone, Armor, dot, 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 attack, and Zaxxon, believe it or not. It's a tank game. You're just controlling a tank all around the ground. But I think that the layout has a little bit of a Zaxxon vibe to Uh it because of the continental little divisions that you mm-hmm. jump f- from from one to the other in the next oh, stage. Oh, sure, like the that. asteroids, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, that's what I was getting at, yes. And Battlezone because of the control scheme that I'll get to in just a moment. This game has a neat control scheme. Unique, unique, unique. I hated it, but I learned to actually enjoy it. I'll, the spoiler alert there. Each level, uh, you basically, f- there's an arrow that will appear on the screen periodically. You follow that to an exit, really. And you destroy these two huge tanks that are outside of the exits, and then you move on to the next level. So your goal is basically get there safely. And of course, you have to dodge enemy tanks and cannons and uh, other things. I'll get to the control scheme right now, just as with Vindicators and, of course, Battlezone, as we just said. It is two joysticks. They're four-way joysticks. In the sh- they're trigger-style joysticks, actually. And each one has a fire button that shoots, I don't know, I don't know if you call them bullets or what, because uh, I have forgotten my research uh, into that matter, and I didn't write it down. So, yay. But you're firing out of those little trigger buttons. Now, the way that the control scheme works is if you want to move forward, you push both sticks up. If you want to move backward, you push both joysticks down. If you want to move forward to the right, you push up on the left joystick. If you want to move forward to the left, you push up on the right joystick. And if you want to move backward to the left, you move the right joystick down, and if you want to move backward to the right, you move the left joystick down. There we go. You can rotate pretty quickly, stationarily, actually, by moving one joystick up and the other one down. I believe if you push the left joystick up and the right joystick down, you go clockwise and vice versa for counterclockwise. Basically, the left joystick controls the left tread on the tank, and the right joystick controls the right tread on the tank. That's a good way to look at it. I never thought, oh, good grief, I never thought of it that way. (laughs) But the whole time I'm playing this and other games that have similar control schemes, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I know it's meant to simulate a military tank, but why can't the military build a tank that just has a damn steering wheel? Is that Hmm. so hard? Really, is it? Now, the thing about this control scheme, though, is you have a couple of fancy moves here. Ooh. Because in the gameplay, you can do what's called a rapid roll, in which your tank will literally roll to the left and roll to the right. If you want to move just laterally, it actually flips over. And you can actually move your tank upside down if you want, and it still works. It's really cool. Uh, They call it a rapid roll if you want to move straight to the left, straight to the right. And it's very simple. You move both joysticks left to rapid roll to the left, and you move both joysticks right to rapid roll to the right. And that is a very handy move to have in this game. It really is, especially if you have a lot of obstacles in the way. It's basically strafing in a way. I don't even know what strafing is. It's like moving one direction, but like firing in another. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The other fancy move you can do is a power wheelie. And to do that, you move the left joystick to the left and the right joystick Mm -hmm. to the right. Your tank will stop, but it'll pop a wheelie. And if you fire when you pop a wheelie, it shoots a nuclear missile 
at your enemies. It's really cool, but the problem with that is if you use a nuclear missile, your firepower is going to be gone for about two and a half seconds. You have to wait for it to kind of build up again. Plus, you're kind of a sitting duck when you're in that, in that position, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're, you know, there's another time when you're a sitting duck. Well, not really sitting, but a shooting up in the air duck. Each stage has one or more, I think more, actually, jump zones. They're very clearly marked. They have arrows leading up to them. Uh, they're kind of red and blue flashy things. If you position the tank on a jump zone, your tank will be shot up in the air and you'll have an aerial view of what's below you. And you can still use your uh, joysticks to uh, rotate, kind of maneuver your tank as it's in the air. And if you fire while you're in the air, it'll shoot a grenade down to the enemies and destroy a certain number of enemies within a range. Very handy. I don't know how f- it's very handy. Yeah. within a certain radius, you get little scopes on the screen to help you aim your shot mm, and everything. Yes. It's very handy, except every dang time I use that feature, as soon as I'm on the ground, I get shot by something. I hate that. The jump zones like in a, uh, a Pentagon shaped item. And if yeah. you have to hit the main red center of it to jump, but I found that if you're on the pad and you're not in the jump zone, that enemy shots won't get you. That's been my experience with it. Well, my experience is that if you're kind of going onto it or off of it, your shots will go past the enemies. Basically, like if you're not all the way on the ground, you're going to miss them. But well, I still, but I still get shot as soon as I land, and it's really annoying. I have never had that happen. That's interesting. No, it's annoying. Well, you know what? Do continue. Do continue. Anyway, so that's really the gameplay. Uh, If you manage to get through all 11 of the stages, you get a congratulatory screen saying, congratulations, you regain your mother planet and eternal peace. Yay. Which itself completely destroys any hope for a sequel, because if you have eternal peace, then there's no more assault game. Hmm. Kind of so like, think about you know, that. how could there well, be sequels to the never-ending story? I, I know. Yeah. See, we're getting philosophical that, here weird. on High Factory Podcast. Mm. I, one thing about this game that I really, the visuals in this game are really incredible, especially when you like jump on the, uh, when you're on the jump pad and it simulates your tank jumping and you see the ground move. Or when you get at the end of the level, the, your, your tank kind of gets like wings and like blasts off to the next level. That's really quite neat. Uh, that was kind of like the the big thing around that time because there were some uh, Super Nintendo games that were using similar effects. And uh, I think the second Ninja Turtles game around the same time was uh, was yeah. using those kind of effects as well. And uh, it's really well done here. And I, I really thought this game has some pretty decent eye candy like that, I thought. Yeah, I forgot to mention that, that about how the tank really doesn't move on the screen. No, it's just it's st- in the center, yep. everything else moves. Yes. Sound effects in this game are pretty good, too. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool. One thing I and, really uh, liked about this game is if you destroy a tank or a ground and slow or whatever, and then your tank rolls over the debris, the whole play field shakes like it's uh, like like you're climbing over the oh, debris. Yeah. That was kind of a neat touch. Yeah, that is really cool. I, I did notice that. That was fun. And by the way, uh, you'd mentioned about Vindicators. You started off by calling it a two-player game. Mm-hmm. Not the case with Assault. It is only a one-player oh. game. And here's something that's kind of interesting. In MAME, you can still press the two-player button, uh-huh. but it acts as a one-player button. Huh. 
Interesting. So, so it's not even yeah. uh, two-player alternating? Nope. Oh, wow. One-player only. Huh. I did One not One player know only. But there is a kind of sort of... Se- it's not so much a sequel as it is an enhancement. Uh, kind of like how Pac-Man had the mm-hmm. crazy auto enhancement that, of course, became Ms. Pac-Man. And Missile Command had the super missile attack mm-hmm. enhancement. There is an Assault Plus enhancement that was only released in Japan, and very few of them actually came out. If you're interested in playing it in MAME, you're going to find a ROM called Assault P. Uh, And uh, that has a two-player mode in it. Uh, Interesting. It also allows you to select, oh god, what what was it? Like, I think beginner and super player or something, I don't remember. I didn't spend a lot of time on that, to be quite honest. And speaking of MAME, by the way, if you haven't played this in MAME but are thinking of playing it in MAME, there's a certain uh, system ROM you have to download. You can get that in the archive file called namco65.zip. Okay. So you're going to need that file in your ROMs directory. Yes. Or else it's going to complain and not start. Yeah, because I had to search for that, even though I asked somebody earlier today where I could find the ROM. They never gave it to me. But I found it, so no big deal. Hmm, good. I wonder if it might have been that somebody was gone most of the day and was not at somewhere that that person could have well, that, sent from Well, that a person never told me they were gone for most of so, the day. So. And maybe that person didn't see the message because that person was out doing stuff and was just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I mean, it's clear that that's per, this person was an asshole. That's all there is oh, to yeah, it. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. For not getting back to you. How rude. <laughs> but anywho. The one thing with this game is this is the only tank game that has that uses one joystick for each tread that I've ever seen that has two four-way joysticks on it. And uh, I've been trying to play it in MAME with uh, analog controls, and this game does not work well with analog controls because it's one of those deals where if you're just off slightly that it won't register. And um, I've been having a hard time trying to play this. I mean, I've been able to get past the first screen, but way back when, when I first played this in the arcade, which <laughs> Louis Joliet Mall, around the time it came out, <laughs> that's where I first played it. It was so much easier to control with the joysticks because sometimes I'm finding like it's not registering at all or I'm accidentally doing the flip overs or I'm accidentally yeah. going into uh, into the, uh, the, the wheelie mode. You know what I noticed? It doesn't do anything if you push the both joysticks inside. Yeah, I, I wanted to see what happened. That Yeah, nothing happens. But... Uh, so, yeah, you, you really need either a digital setup or just to play the arcade. The analog works, sort of, but it's not yeah. an optimal situation for emulation. Ooh, rhyming. So, okay. with that being hmm. said, uh, how about scores? Yeah, how, how about, about some, some scores? scores? This way I'll go, this time I'll go the other way around. I'll start with Orcade.com, which show, which has uh, their highest score. Set September 13th, 2021 by Mazis Hagopian. The score is 626,300. And uh, the Twin Galaxies, I believe is what it's called, Twin Galaxies. Another one, we don't know the actual name of the person, but it goes by the by the name Red Elf. And I say he because there's a picture of this person and uh, clearly a he with lots of stubble <laughs> <laughs> but red elf scored 788,300 on may 31st 2015 and just so you guys know what kind of threat you're up against if you're listening or if you're not listening which is most likely the case <laughs> 
my high score on this is 20,150. Oh, wow. That's so, yeah. I think I got 13,000 playing it today. I know I've gotten higher before. In the arcade, I've made it past the second level. I get on the second level and I'm just about dead. And wow, my score is actually higher than uh, the late Sean Quigley's high score. Oh. Wow. I didn't think that was possible for me. <laughs> Were you experiencing some of those control issues too? Uh, yeah. Yeah. A little bit, especially, especially when playing it on a laptop on a keyboard. Ooh. I guess I should, you know, I have a PS4 controller that has the twin sticks. Hmm. I should have tried that. I should have done that. I should have just dug that out. And I wonder if somebody shot, makes a uh, PC controllers got two uh, joy pads you know, the cross thing on it instead of just the joystick. So I think that would control oh, a lot like a th- better for this game. Or the D-pads? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that'd be interesting. That would be very interesting. Oh, by the way, uh, one thing that I forgot to mention, mm-hmm. and I forgot what I forgot to mention. Damn it. Um, I forgot hmm, to mention with Vindicators was- at the start of the game, you can uh, just select which uh, difficulty setting you want to play the game at. Another main thing about Assault, by the way, I had read that if you enable the cheats, you can set the controls up so that it's just a very simple single joystick control. Mm -hmm. I couldn't find that anywhere. Hmm. I was able to find infinite lives, infinite firepower, infinite... Basically, if something could be infinite, I found it. It's all in the cheat menu. But I could not find anything that had anything to do with simplifying the the control scheme here. I was using Pugsy's cheat collection uh-huh. on this i don't which i think is the gold standard for i believe it is that's, cheats, but, that's the file i use but yeah i couldn't find any huh. so i don't know mm. and as far as i could tell there are no real home versions of assault the closest to home versions you have are on those uh ps fill in the blank with a number <laughs> collections and things like that but those are essentially emulations so yeah there are multi-game collections that have assault in it, but again, just emulated, really. Jimmy G, do you remember? Where, oh yeah, you already Lance talked Castle, about Louis Juliet Mall at the LJM, which is pretty much pretty much what uh, I'd say about eighty-five percent of the games we talk about is where you first played them. Uh, I would say maybe seventy seventy percent, and then the next twenty would be putt putt golfing games, and then ten percent everywhere everywhere else. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, I first played Assault. <laughs> Because I, I, I never even heard of it. I first played Assault <laughs> at Underground Retrocade on November 26th, 2022. I didn't even know they had it. Yeah, it's on the second floor. Oh, with a, uh, okay. It, I'm going to have to go back up there. Because, uh, yeah, spoiler too. alert, I like this game. Yeah, I like it too. I like yeah. it too. And um, yeah, because on the second floor, that's where Underground Retrocade keeps most of, most if not all, most, most of the post-crash games. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's right. So it would be up there. They have a few uh, non-post-crash games downstairs. So, Sean, too, might but, I ask uh, you anyway. what uh, you will rate this game? Yeah, you might. Oh, good. I will. Sean, what do you rate this game? I rate this game three continues out of five. Three? I was tempted to go four, but I had a big problem with the game. Okay. Now, I've accepted that after a certain year, most games are going to have the continue function, mm-hmm. which basically says, put more quarters in this machine. We want more money, which always burned me up. Mm-hmm. And also, I think by default, you have to put in two credits yes, to play. Yes. Uh, actually, by default, Vindicators did too, actually, uh, now that I think about it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But I was able to get over that for this. 
I was tempted to go into the four zone, but the thing is, because I suck at this game, I tried to use the continue functionality. Uh-huh. The problem is, if you use continue, yes, I know you're gone. It starts you all the way at Getting the beginning of whatever stage you're yeah, at. Yeah, I, so I do it, hate that. Yeah, and so three. Three continues. Thanks a lot, Namco. Uh, yeah, well, I'm going with four for the reasons I stated. Uh, I think the gameplay itself is fun. The control scheme is original. And um, visually, it's got some really amazing special effects. So it does. I'm going with a four. I like a lot of the features on this. And, and again, like tank games like this where you just move around and shoot things. I like mm-hmm. those kinds of games. And uh, the th- reason that I gave Vindicators four instead of three is because I played Vindicators right after I played Assault mm-hmm. and the graphics just did it for me. It's like, oh, this is awesome. The graphics on Assault are great too. I think Assault graphics are better. I mean, it's just, I mean, I mean, it's I'm not saying one's preference. better than the it's other. I just prefer. Yeah. 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 Assault does a lot more visual tricks than Vindicators. Vindicators really doesn't do any, so to speak. But yeah, I, I, I like uh, I like it on Assault. So far for me, as I said. Yay. So should we reveal the theme? Yes, please do. Yeah, these are two tank games put out by Atari that have dual joysticks. And my yep. daughter actually came up with a, a an alternate theme when I told her what games we were uh, talking about tonight. Oh, is this the daughter who made the Dean's List? This is the daughter, yay, who made who made the Dean's List at Joliet Junior College, by the way. Uh, she suggested that since Assault and Vindicators kind of sound violent uh they are tank games that have violent names well does she realize that just the fact that there are tanks involved that kind of tells us there's well, violence true. going true on. that they uh they're violent <laughs> names though if you think about it and that's uh actually kind of a i thought that was an interesting side theme hmm. so thank you uh gg ah gg yep gg does she know they named a musical after her Gigi by Maurice Chevalier and Hermione Gingold. And that Pink Floyd's Amagama album has uh, some versions of it have the Gigi cast recording album cover inside the picture. No. Yeah. Second Pink Floyd reference I mentioned. Huh. I got into. And here's a nice looking record package in from New York. We ain't heard it yet. It looks like one that's going to be a good one. It's featuring that Maurice French Chevalier. And then Herman Gold in songs from Gigi. So we've got the theme. We got, you know, the games under our belt. We got the news done. And we got the uh, addenda and errata. So why don't we read some yeah. emails? We actually got two this hey. week. Yeah, we got two. So F-E-E-D-B-A-C. Feedback. 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 This is from uh, a new, uh, well, he, I don't think he's a new listener, but uh, new to. We've heard, we've heard from this person oh, we before, have? I think. Yeah. Oh, maybe we have. Okay. But yeah. it's, if, if we have, it's, it's been a while. So this um, is uh, from uh, 3DO, 3DO Experience. So, hi, Sean and Jim. I'd like to tell you about my first time playing Damco's Assault. It was April 9th, 2022 at the Strong National Museum of Play in Rochester, New York. I really, I really I want to go, go there. there sometime. I want to go to, to to upstate New York in general. Oh gosh, the Adirondacks! I've been there as a kid. Oh gosh, they're they're neat. 
but anyway, continuing. Uh, I had been there many times before playing arcade games I hadn't seen in years. This one, however, I had never seen anywhere before that I could recall. I slipped in my first token and started up a game. It only took me a few seconds to adapt to the tank controls. Blasting away at enemies and moving around the terrain was a joy. How many other tank-based games do you have foes hiding in the water? Oh, I forgot about that. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, plus, their front half can detach and fly. This game provided <laughs> yep. lots of fun. Imagine my surprise when I rolled into the big red platform and my tank launched up in the air, leaving the ground far below. I later found out you could bomb the bad guys from up in the air, but did not learn this until returning home and looking the game up. You know, it's amazing how many features of a game you don't realize yeah. until like sometime later. Like uh, in Vindicators, I didn't realize at first that the, the thumb buttons like rotated your turret. I didn't realize that there were enemies that could split themselves up like that until right before we recorded this. Mm -hmm. You know why? Because I suck at this game <laughs> and I can't make it that far. The challenge of the other tanks wasn't the hard part. It was the timer. After clearing the third level, oh, I yeah. never... After clearing the third level, I never... The clock was my... No, wait. After clearing the third level... I never, the clock was my nemesis. I think he means learn. Yeah, I think he means learned. Play after play, I would get so close to the headquarters, it'd run out of time. Eventually ran out of tokens, got hungry, so this was the last video arcade game I played while I was there. To my memory, the Strong used to have more cabinets, but their layout has gotten better. Assault was truly a, vo a joy. When I went looking for more video games on the bottom floor after lunch, I found they had put in a section just for pinball machines and even had a Lord of the Rings prototype on display. Oh, neat. Regrettably, I did not take any photos. However, I have enclosed some photos I took of Assault. It didn't take four years this time. Signed, 3DO Experience. Well, we'll put those pictures on the uh, PieFactoryPodcast.com in the show notes. We'll link them to something. Oh, yeah. And the picture does have the, uh, the description of how your uh, tank moves. And... Uh, Looks like it's got some cigarette burns on the control panel. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's the sign of the times. Yep. So yep. thank you, uh, 3DO Experience, and we look forward to hearing from you again. And uh, Yeah, I totally forgot to mention that countdown timer, because when you reach a certain point in each stage, you suddenly get this 99 seconds to finish the level. Yes. There's a big clock on the top of the screen. Yes, yes, yes. And if you finish it in time, you get 50 points per second left on the clock. And if you don't... Then you lose a life. Dun, dun, dun. I read something somewhere about a zero second bonus. Like, I guess if you finish just as the timer runs out, you get some kind of bonus, but I couldn't verify that. But yeah, thanks 3DO Experience for mentioning that because <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> oh, silly me. So what do you have uh, have to say? What do you have to read? And who is it from? Oh, um, I have a email to read, and that is from Plaid Yay! Oh, uh, dear, uh, Plant Mouth says, dear Jim and Sean. Oh, we're dear. We're, we're treasured. I appreciate treasured. that. As, as is Plaid Mouse to us. Greetings and happy holidays. Uh, yeah, Plaid Mouse sent this to us right before Christmas. Literally and, yeah, two days before Christmas. <laughs> yeah. I hope this email finds you, your families, and fellow listeners doing well. I hope so, too. Thank you, Plaid Mouse. I'm not familiar with Assault by Namco, so I don't have much to say about it. Vindicators, on the other hand, is another story. I really enjoy the game, its graphics, and its gameplay. Here's a fun memory about Vindicators. I'm a professional private tutor. Oh, I used to be for 17 years. <laughs> I'm a professional private tutor and teacher by trade. trade. However, before I made it my full-time job, I did it as volunteer work, and sometimes still do, while working in another profession. One time, 
Many years ago, while volunteering my time to help others, I was tutoring a foreign exchange student from South Korea, and as I finished her class and was getting ready to go, her host father and his friend were playing Vindicators via home video game console. It was a nice surprise and I talked to them about it for a bit. It's always nice to make connections with people, especially over older obscure video games. Vindicators gets 4 out of 5 continues. <laughs> he agrees with me. My guess on the theme is that both Vindicators and Assault are about tank warfare in distant parts of the universe from Earth. Both games also use twin sticks like Robotron 2084. Uh, let's put the thing here. This week in Robotron. There we go. Thank you. Oh, by the way, Plaidmouse said it was uh, very unlikely that we uh, didn't already drop that bit in by now. Well, I, we, we it didn't. It's unlikely, but it actually didn't happen. It wouldn't happen at all. Usually it happens most. It, it happens more often than not, but we haven't done it yet in this episode. Yeah, yeah. It hasn't happened all year. Man. Ooh. Anywho, uh, Plaid Mouse goes on to say, okay, today's letter is a short one. I'm working up the courage and time to send in an audio response. Okay, nice. Cool. All the best to you, too, and to everyone listening. Thank you so much, Plaid. Oh, here's a postscript here. Just got some Vegemite-flavored goodies from my wife's friend in Australia. Don't worry, though. With the cold weather, the Marmite will get some love and soon become broth. <laughs> Marmite love. That was my thought about Marmite. I was tasting it and thinking... Okay, this foul stuff probably really makes a good ingredient, as opposed to a toast topping. But anyway, I, I don't know about Vegemite. I really wish I would have bought the Vegemite, too, just so I could... I think that's what I really should have bought. Anyway, thank you so much, Plaid Mouse. Uh, Jim, do you have a response for Plaid Mouse here? Well, it's good to hear from you again. Absolutely. And, it's uh, always good to hear from people. It's good to hear from people. It means that we're appreciated. I'm, I'm, I'm getting all... My eyes are getting misty. Look at me, I'm as helpless as a kitten up a tree. Okay, I'm better. Uh, but seriously, thank you. Uh, we appreciate all of our listeners. And uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, keep the messages coming. And uh, let us know if there's anything you want us to cover, or if there's a game you want us to that we've already done that you want us to do a, a deeper dive on, or or yeah. any suggestions or ideas for the show. I'm almost thinking we should listen back to some of our earlier episodes where we kind of just BS'd our way through the uh, the games before we really did deep dives and see what we could improve on. I really think we do. I, I've always stated that I think we should redo the Crystal Castle slash Clax episode because it reminds me of like when uh, when Ferg was doing his early episodes of the 2600 Game by Game podcast where he was reading off notes and there was less uh, improvisation, as it were. And I have a and I feel that way about that particular episode. And um, I felt like I was kind of sleepwalking through that one. Or at the very least, see if we can remaster some of the earlier episodes. Like yeah. how Ferg did to his first episode, I think, when he did a re he just fixed up the sound and everything. And it was so much better. Yeah, that would be a good idea, too. So if you got any <laughs> ideas, just send them our way. We're, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll gladly steal them from you. Yeah, Pie Factory at Fab4IT.com yes. or Pie Factory Podcast at Fab4IT.com with Fab4IT being spelled F-A-B. Number, number four. And then IT. Uh, that's our email address. We're on Facebook, the Twitter, and I don't know where else we are. And our website is at PieFactoryPodcast.com. So you can reach us in many ways. We have a Discord server. We can send you an invite code until I go back and reread what Ferg told me to do to make something kind of like more permanent so we don't have to worry about the temporary 
always changing invite code. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Ferg, by the way. He's, he's, he's uh, always there to help with uh, matters like that. So anyway. Oh, by the way, speaking of thanks, um, there are some people we should thank. Well, why don't we do that? In addition, because they've been kind to us and uh, supported us financially over um, the Patreon, such as D. Alex, Mark Super, Keith Sheehan, uh, whom I recently uh, got together with, by oh. the way. And uh, yeah, there was uh, Kurt Musgrave, whom I did not recently get together with, unfortunately. Mike Hat NJ, uh, the Super NES podcast, Underground Retrocade. Nate Lockhart. Oh, man. Speaking of Nate Lockhart, he's been doing a lot of really fascinating technical stuff lately. Like, uh, I think the most recent project I've seen him do was he was uh, converting NES controllers to work on 9-pin Atari-style ports and remapping them and everything. And remapping, I think he's working on some way to get the controller... So that you can configure it so you can have a separate button for jump and a separate button for up. And that, like for games that require you to push up on the joystick, you can actually use a separate jump button. I think. Yes, I saw that. that. So, anyway, thanks, Nate. Uh, Richard Grounds, thanks to you as well. And Daniel Chavez, Richard Valdez, thank you. Plaid Mouse, thank you. Kevin Bean, thank you. Art Guglielmo, PJ Steele, Retro Game Club Podcast, thank you. Timmy Mack, thank you so much. New Balance Stores, Phoenix, thank you. Christian Williams, thanks. Atari Bytes, thank you. And Rory, the Charles Coleman, thank you. Thank you. And um, if you care to help us out monetarily, you can listen to our booth announcer uh, during the closing credits, and you'll have that information. But thank you. Uh, even if you don't, thank you for listening to us. I appreciate it so much. Indeed. Indeed we do. So what games we're going to be talking about the next episode? Oh, that's a... Darn good question. Uh, the games are going to be Exerion and Fast Freddy. Exerion and Fast what Freddy. What could the theme be? <laughs> You'll have to listen to find out. <laughs> oh, boy, howdy. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah. Oh, we got a good one this time. <laughs> yeah. So once again, uh, from Pie Factory Podcast, this is Jimmy G. And once again, this is Sean. And I realize it's a new year, which means I got to come up with a new way to sign off. Uh, Last year, I was using chemical elements. Uh, This year, I think to help those that are in need of help, what I will do to sign off is mention the name of a terribly underrated music album that I think people need to listen to. It'll enhance the listeners and also enhance the artist for people who uh, support that artist. So I'm going to sign off by saying this is Sean from Pie Factory Podcast. Goodbye, my four track. All righty. And support your local arcade. Bye-bye. This episode of the Pie Factory podcast was edited and produced by Hyde St. Pierre. Opening and closing theme is the Happy L composed by Sean Courtney. Love theme from Adenda and Arata was composed by Jim Goble. Follow the Pie Factory podcast online via Facebook, on Twitter at Pie Factory PFP, or on PieFactoryPodcast.com. Support the show at Patreon.com slash PieFactoryPodcast. Pie Factory Podcast is a member of the Fab Four IT Podcast Network. I have a email to read, and that is from Yay, thank you. We got to, oh man, we got to see if we can uh, get Scattered Frog to record a jingle for for Plaid Mouse. Let me throw this one at you. Plaid Mouse. Dun, 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 dun,
I thought it was nice. I was thinking, I was thinking, P, I say P A, P L A, P L A D, P L A D, P L A I D, Plaid Mouse, do 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 P L A I D M O U S E. No, I don't. Know. Well, we'll think of something. It's like every time we, my wife and I, fly somewhere, we're using Southwest, and they have the bag drop. Of course, I have to go bag drop. P A G G T R O P drag drop. Well, oh wait, wait. In the plaid mouse. No, that one don't work. Yeah. We'll think of something. I don't. know. We'll see if Scattered Frog has time. Because they work for cheap, unlike Hyde. Anyway, um, <laughs> move the right joystick down, and if you want to move backward to the right, you move the right joystick up. Or do you? No, the le- the left joy the left jo- yeah the left no the right joystick down backward. If you want to move to the if you want to move back into the right, you move the right joystick. You move the left joy. Let's go to the flow move- chart for this. disease is the number one communicable disease today and more than half of all reported cases of VD occur in young people under the age of 25. Get the facts. For help or information about VD, call this toll-free number. Remember, your call will be kept confidential. 